This is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley. What up? What up? And you are listening to New Release, a movie and sometimes TV, but movie this week (laughs) podcast where we watch something new, then decide if we want more. Oh, my God. You kind of nailed it. it. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, it only took 201 episodes well that was not the tagline for 200 and for 200 episodes yeah um this is a little later in the week than we normally record friday night um so that's exciting but we're still you know we have a little bit of a an emotional hangover from the 200th (laughs) episode pizza party um ashley how are you feeling about just a normal boring 201 episode Mm, i'm ready for 300 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we should just um if we could only time travel. Yeah. You know, that was only part of the the built-in gimmick. We could we could maybe do like podcast out of order. So oh. memento style, which is just backwards, or non-linear <laughs> Tarantino style, where we mm. just jump jump around. We do episode 300 and then we jump to 250 and then, you know. Would it make sense? Because we can't watch things that are coming out the two future. years from now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that we could have done that when we were in the past and we right. did. Right. But now in the present, we can't watch things in the future. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the past, <laughs> three weeks ago, we started a new TV show previously on new release. We started um, the first show for our new kind of um, uh, our new calendar year was true detective night country on max and we both loved it we both committed to continuing watching it and um we briefly mentioned it last week but we didn't get into any updates and now we're three episodes into season so you think um four yeah (laughs) we're about to find out um season four but just night country since it's mostly a standalone story um, Ashley, have you been keeping up? I have. It's so good. Okay, good. Yeah. I was going to do this whole pretend like, oh, I don't, you know, but no, I've definitely been watching it. So, did you realize that um, Travis is Matthew McConaughey's dad? N- no. What? No. I didn't look into this. I mean, I'm not a big, uh, uh, I-, I listen to other podcasts about TV shows and I listen to, um, I read like a, an occasional recap. I don't go like hardcore um, into the the Reddit um, kind of predictions and um, mythology about the shows I love. It's almost it's too much. I I kind of I like it after the fact, but I don't really. It's impossible to avoid. Like people are really good at predicting how things yeah. are gonna <laughs> turn yeah. out, and I'm not good at it, and that benefits <laughs> me. So. Um, but one thing, and I didn't look into what the evidence is, but I think the creator has confirmed that Travis is, in fact, Matthew McConaughey, Russ, um, whatever his last name is, uh, dad from True Detective season one. What? Yeah. So I don't know why or how they're connected. Are you are you researching it now? Yeah. Yeah. 
there's definitely there's definitely a connection there you got you got any info for us Uh, I mean, it said it's confirmed, but it's only like one article that says it is. So I don't know yet. yeah I, I mean i i don't know how people I, that's why i wanted to look into it just to see if it was actually something i could have observed on my own or like how people figure these things out because I am just kind of flying by the wing of the plane <laughs> with <laughs> mystery shows. We talked a lot about murder at the end of the world, kind of like predicting who was going to be the killer. In this case, it's so mystical and so yeah. kind of um, non grounded in, in reality, potentially that I'm not really trying to predict the central mystery, but we are getting more clues about Annie's involvement mm -hmm. and I don't know what it would, um, what are you doing any theorizing or, or kind of, um, trying to figure out what's going on or, or is, do we not have enough information yet? Well, since I'm watching the first one, it's interesting that you say like a connection because the circle is the same symbol, the spiral. I mean, maybe that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, it's definitely connected to the first season somehow. Because they did that right. on purpose, clearly. But that's the only thing that I noticed that was the connection to the first season. I didn't know about the dad piece, potentially. But um, I don't know. Well, just it's in so... general, like, what caused the scientists to go out onto Disappear. the ice? Like, yeah. Well, they're terrified of something, so they're... I think it's some type of... It has to be some type of magical thing. It's not, like, a serial killer. Right. So it's Annie's um... mom. <laughs> Well, there's also there's all these women who sort of might be seen as schizophrenic or having some mm -hmm. kind of delusional mm -hmm. tendencies, but maybe they're just actually kind of um, connected to this this higher force. And then maybe people are killing them because of it. I think it's just something with the water, too. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of a lot of guesses, but maybe like the water is changing people's I don't know. I don't know. There's too many things going on. <laughs> well, yeah, I also one of the the brief discussions I heard was there's probably like an environmental um angle in yeah. in terms of like climate change melting the far ends mm. of of the earth and they were able to dig deeper into the ice or reach like some kind of core samples mm -hmm. that they might not have been able to reach otherwise so maybe they awakened something or unleashed something um, that's sort of a warning to stop messing with the yeah. environment. Then there's the polar bears, which seem angry about you know, <laughs> losing, losing <laughs> their, their ice. Uh, so yeah, there's those, that's more like a thematic thing um, mm -hmm. I, than the actual explanation probably. Yeah. But, and I also meant, and so not Annie's mom, I meant Evangeline's mom. Like she's the one that's the spirit that's been awoken. Right. Yeah. Cause we find out more about, um, is that Navarro's character? Uh-huh. Yeah. We find out more about her backstory. Her mom was killed and that's why she's hell bent. One of the reasons she's hell bent on helping, um, women that have been, um, killed or, or wronged. And then we get more kind of insight into her and uh, Jodie Foster's backstory as well. What did you think of those developments? Well, Jodie Foster clearly did not tell the whole story of like yes. why that one case. So I'm curious, like, 
how that case really ends. So obviously we'll find that out because that caused a rift in their um, partnership. So well, I, there's just so much going on. <laughs> it seems pretty obvious to me and spoilers for episode three of True Detective if we haven't um, oh, yeah. <laughs> said that already. <laughs> I, I, I say it seemed obvious. Like, so when they're intercutting her telling, mm -hmm. so Pete, the young detective asks Jodie Foster what happened. And we already know that they had a rift over Jodie Foster wanting to stop investigating the Annie case. But the other case that they were working together was a woman, a, a young woman, like 18 being um, chronically abused yeah. by this older dude. And she kept protecting him or, you know, for fear for mm -hmm. whatever reason, she would not um, prosecute him. So they kept showing up and she would, he would just lie that, that she fell down. She slipped on the ice or got drunk and, and fell down. And that's why she's uh, has all these bruises. But one time they, they go there and they find her dead. Yeah. And they say when she's telling Pete that they found him, um, he had strangled her or something and they found him kind of with uh, uh, having shot himself or something. Yeah, but then the, the flashback shows him alive. Exactly. So I just assume so Navarro, you think that Navarro him. shot him. Yeah. yeah, which ties to the first season because remember when Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson find that guy and they find like the two kids and Woody Harrelson just comes out and just shoots him in the face and kills him. Right. And they staged <laughs> this whole thing of like, oh no, they're like, firing at us we had no choice so it's a similar tie to the first season as well yeah so uh, we that, that i thought that was a really good reveal because obviously we understand why navarro did that but we also yeah. understand why you <laughs> can't um take justice into your own hands right. and jodie foster would have to she was uh, forced to protect her mm -hmm. but is not happy with having to kind of, you know, clean up her mess. Um, yeah. Even if she, they both wanted to see this person put away. There's no oh, ambiguity sure. in Jodie Foster's, you know, kind of like um, justice seeking. But she went the proper way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it could, it could, you know, basically ruin, end both of their careers and, and even further than that. I mean, I don't know if Navarro would go to jail for, yeah. um, for that. Sure. So, she had to protect her. Um, we don't see her shoot him, but we can assume that if they found he was found with a gunshot wound to the yeah, head, it's <laughs> it, it was it, it was one of them, uh, and probably. But that was Navarro. a creepy scene when he was like yeah. whistled or something and turned to them. Like that's the scariest part in the whole show so far. It's terrifying. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like he's basically he was antagonizing them all along by repeatedly committing these crimes and, yeah. and getting away with it, and then they show up. And he basically kind of baits mm -hmm. them into acting, it seems like. Which reminds me, because I completely forgot about the hospital bed scene. What scene? The when the doctor or one of the researchers like wakes up and then like Jodie Foster goes to help and then he talks to Evangeline like straight to her, but he's like um almost like possessed when he like, mm. sits up in bed. Do you remember that? Uh vaguely. Scary. Oh. Yeah. Did you not watch the show? <laughs> no, that was probably, was that episode two? No, that just happened in the last oh. episode. No, yeah. must have zoned out for a second. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, anyway, the one of the doctors finally wakes up and he's like frostbitten, all the shit, all over his face and stuff. And then he's missing like all of his limbs. 
Right. And screaming in pain. And then Jodie Foster and everyone steps out and Navarro stays back and he gets possessed by someone and starts talking to her about like her mom. And then he goes back into shock. Okay. Yeah. That's ringing a bell. Um, yeah. So there's some shit going on. Some spiritual, some, something happening. Yeah. Well, obviously we're both hooked on the show. I mean, uh, one other thing that I kind of heard people debating is that we're introducing a lot of different mysteries now or storylines like verse, like what happened to the scientist versus mm. this kind of personal quest that Navarro is on. And, and they're obviously connected. Um, so I'm not too worried about the different threads, but as the corp sickle melts <laughs> and <laughs> Which, we have that's um, the best term. <laughs> yeah. And we have the other doc, the other, um, the kind of bad older cop, John Hawks's character. Um, mm. just on his own vigilante mission with, with his, <laughs> his, um, kind of like redneck friends, um, mm. hunting down the guy that disappeared from the corpsicle. Yeah. Yeah. So Clark, I think Clark's missing and we're going to have to figure out what happened there. We're going to have to figure out what caused it in the first place. And we're going to have <laughs> to figure out how Annie is connected and maybe how far it goes beyond that all the way back to new orleans or wherever the first season mm. where was the first season set texas i thought it was t- oh shoot now i don't know i thought it was Texas. somewhere in the south yeah yeah the third one might be set in new orleans but i might be making that up as well um but the first one is set far far away from uh, louisiana okay far far away from ennis alaska yes <laughs> so <laughs> Whether Makane's dad ended up there or whether there's some kind of um, just larger mystical connection between these things. This is uh, a global um, North American <laughs> phenomenon <laughs> at this point that we're that we're embarking on. So, yeah, I'm 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 digging it. I love uh, still love the setting. We haven't mm-hmm. even, have we gotten to Christmas yet? Are we on the 26th? Uh, they kind of I glossed don't... over it. Well, I feel like there at one point there were like lights on some of the, like, the houses, but now they don't want really to talk about it. So I'm not really sure if it's a thing. <laughs> well, they have. Yeah, she was setting up a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and yeah. they keep showing the date. Like the the other thing about the season oh, is yeah. it mostly takes place like one day at a time. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty small amount of time that has passed so far. And because um, they also show like five days of darkness. Yeah. I wonder how far into the 30 days of night we're going to get. Well, by this, I mean, I was I was hoping they'd have it like to all 30 days and the last day would be like the. But I don't know, because the way they're doing it, it should end in like day eight. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, we'll um, be excited to keep giving updates on Mm -hmm. this every week, pretty much, um, unless we want to take breaks and and jump in when we've had a couple episodes uh, pass, but for no. now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to be watching it every week for sure. So um, mm-hmm. I think we'll be talking about it, but um, what do we have up for our feature presentation this week? Uh, well, <laughs> a little, a little late to uh, watch and talk about this, but we have Saltburn, um, a very disturbing movie that. We'll just have to talk about it. 
I'd say anecdotally, it's the most talked about movie of the year, both years, last year, end of last year when it when it premiered at home and this year. Yeah, I've had um, Jake, Jen, Meg's parents, Katie, just shouting out random people that have (laughs) come up to me in public. And, you know, I'm not like a uh, public podcast figure. These are just friends. (laughs) But everyone I know uh, pretty much has watched this and had strong opinions, which is very rare. I mean, we yeah. always talk about kind of like how fragmented everything is. And this wasn't a Marvel movie or just kind of a movie mm-hmm. everyone sees but doesn't talk about. Like this was yeah, a movie that everyone that saw it wants to talk about. So by popular demand, we are going <laughs> to be discussing Saltburn. Here is a little clip. This place... You know, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Lots of people get lost in Saltburn. Oh, that's just giving me goosebumps. Look, Pamela. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you're not quiet, harmless, drawn to shiny things. <laughs> what have you done? I just thought that maybe I could help. You're not leaving us. You're not leaving, so I don't think I'll ever go home again. Okay. Uh, yep. I tried to fade <laughs> it out on I don't think I'll ever go home again, but I <laughs> messed up the timing there. Um, okay. Uh, Saltburn is a kind of um, class thriller. A <laughs> interpersonal... Dark. Indie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I just say like, I, I don't know how much do you want to say about the plot before we just jump in. Like, what's the what's the setup for the movie? Um. Basically, there's what's what what college are they in? Harvard? Oxford. Oxford. Okay. So this kid who doesn't come from a wealthy background gets into Oxford. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Meets the most popular kid in school ends up going to his family's humongous mansion castle and wreaks havoc. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Um it's I'm I'm like I'm like flustered because there's so many places to start here. One, um it was really instructive for me to watch it a, a second time because I watched it shortly after it came out. So that's like um uh, almost a month ago and mm-hmm. shortly after it came out on on prime we should mention yep. and um so anyone can watch it there i know <laughs> um supposedly now with ads but i only had ads at the beginning and um let's just say i came home late from the bar and put it on at like 10 p.m. at night and <laughs> <laughs> and by like halfway through the movie i just kind of felt like i was in the movie um, mm, for great. better and worse. It was, it yeah. was, a, it was a blur. I was at, um, uh, Oliver's birthday party. Oh, uh, nice. Menta- birthday. Menta- mentally speaking. <laughs> no, I mean, Oliver, the character, Oliver. Oh Twig. shit. I thought you meant your friend Oliver, <laughs> yeah. which also would make sense. <laughs> yeah. That was last week. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> but I watched it, uh, right. You know, right before we're recording this basically and had a pretty different 
reaction because some of the things that I thought were ambiguous about about the story when you go back, there's a big twist mm. at the end, um, an Oliver twist. And Perfect. if you yeah, if you go into the movie looking for it, it's it's way more you know um, premeditated and way more obvious. Uh, obvious. But also, even in the movie, they flash back to all the things that you might have missed or that just straight up weren't shown. Um, yeah. All these little traps that Oliver was laying along the way. And you said he is, sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, because he's wearing an ugly jacket and he's short and he's not cool. But yeah. he's not from a poor family he's a scholarship kid which means he couldn't oh, just like right. yeah. <laughs> he's very very upper or middle class at worst um oh, he's just not that. <laughs> he doesn't he's not royalty and have a castle um, yeah so like poor <laughs> yeah so you know that's how he's treated you're right but he's like i think it's important to the story that he's mm. not like this isn't a rags to riches tale it's the yeah the big twist or the big you know reveal to the other characters in the movie comes partly partly through when Felix insists that they go to Oliver's oh, no. parents' house. Ugh. I mean, that scene was excruciating. Yeah. When you know what's coming. How how was it for, for you watching, you know, that well when he was come? so like against Felix driving him to the, his parents' house, I was like, something's wrong. I was like, I bet you his parents are fine. Like, right. I, th I think he's been lying the whole time. Like that sucks. But then the extent to which, and his parents are so sweet. And she's like, I baked you a cake and all this stuff. And I was like, man, Oliver sucks. <laughs> like... Yeah. I, I think the central mystery here and what some people like, and what some people, uh, including myself, find confusing about the movie is when did Oliver hatch this plan? When mm. did he become a master manipulator? Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah along the way was we get these voiceovers the movie opens with him in the future talking or him in the present day mm -hmm. like saying was i did i love felix yes was i in love with felix no this that kind of like trait, yeah. you know differentiation could have cared less for that part really yeah and so like what was he opportunistic when did we know that he like planned this because they show him putting a pen in his tires like i don't know when was this plan hatched well before getting 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 into that like his parents sure. even mentioned him wanting to be like an only child and pretending he didn't have siblings so like from the very beginning he's always been kind of like a loner and like yeah and a weird kind of weird so that was already planted but i have no idea when he decided to be like oh now i'm gonna murder people and like do whatever like i don't I don't know. <laughs> I think the, the I don't know that it matters, but the movie I I, I think it should have been more ambiguous because yeah, I think so making it seem so premeditated undermines the fact that why would he, you know, sorry to just jump straight into the the nuts no, and bolts fine. of it, but why would he, you know, um screw uh, Felix Felix's fresh grave and drink his cum you know, um, <laughs> build bath water, um, yeah. like lick around the rim the of yeah. the drain. Oh my gosh. I, I, when I was watching it the second time and rewinding over and over, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, only re I only rewound the, the final scene because <laughs> I wanted Jamie to watch it, but she didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to watch it or she didn't watch it. 
I mean, she said she's seen uh, the whole movie on TikTok already. So she, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was, um, but who who's he performing for? Us in the audience? Like, no one's seen these things. So yeah. he really did, uh, was obsessed with him yeah. sexually and emotionally. So, like, how do you reconcile the fact that he really did care about him but also was just cold and calculating and and you know a psychopath like i, I those things don't really make They're very sense conflicting to me. Yeah, yeah i agree because even when we had the flashback and he was like i didn't have any money for the bar he did the bicycle thing you did all this shit and i was just like but he really cares about it seemed to, obviously he really cares about felix or like, is obsessed with him so it didn't i actually didn't yeah i didn't quite get it and when he um when felix forces him to go home and that scene is incredible again on the second watch the mm -hmm. whole movie has this fresh <laughs> amount of tension because you know what's coming when he's like lying about his having to put his fingers down his mom's throat and like yeah. when he's um when they're throwing when felix who for the most part he does a couple obviously fucked up things he's not great towards you know the women in his women, life yeah. college kid um not making excuses but you know he's not no. the biggest monster um he has like a really sweet um uh, relationship with oliver for the most mm -hmm. part he like consoles him when oliver says his dad's died and and shows yeah. him the tradition with the rock um but then they and, also like yeah touch on the fact that like felix always brings someone to the place yes he so, like there's some he likes that, these normal people yeah that make him feel like like and then he throws connected. them away yes. so like he has yeah so that's pretty fucked up and i wanted to hear more about like the other people too yeah eddie was I one i want to say yeah and then he also has um who's his other friend that um, farley farley yeah so farley is like very rich but then we find out later very rich and of like stature yeah B, he's basically a member of uh, of their family and not like in the in the sense of of a poor um oliver type he mm -hmm. but when he comes to to felix you know begging for help for his mother felix treats him like a second class citizen yeah. and, and and kind of like mocks him and and so you do see the <laughs> the how damaged he is by his you know insane upbringing um mm -hmm. And again, I'm not making that's not an excuse. It's just he, he's yeah. lived such a um, extravagant life and and been influenced by his his parents who are just completely off the deep end that mm -hmm. um, some of that is going to seep in. And um, yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like after that turning point at Oliver's family's house, mm -hmm. they go back and Oliver seems like his end game before that point uh seemed like how long could they maintain this this friendship because yeah. when he confronts him in the labyrinth we i guess we see that he had previously like planned to drug the the champagne i like, had no idea but like he he's genuinely distraught and upset yeah. by the fact that and maybe I'm just being manipulated by him, but like <laughs> by the fact that Felix will not for is not going to clearly he's not going to forgive him. Yeah. But I, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, why would you kill him? I don't know. Cause he'll never he, forgive him and he can't handle it. So he's like, would rather have him dead. 
then. But then he kills his entire family. I don't know. I just. Oh, yeah. Oliver. Okay. Well, where are you at? I mean, like, did so? Did you find that the ending of this movie, the the last, like, you know, everything after we go to Felix's house, unsatisfying or confusing, or were you just still along for the ride? I was along for the ride, but I just didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. It just came. It, I just wish it was different. Like, it became too like, oh, he's gonna kill this person. What's next? Oh, now he wants to take over the whole castle and the mansion and all the money. And like, this is just, I just didn't care for the ending. Yes. Yeah. It started off like really interesting and weird. And I kind of like, I liked where it was going. And then all that happened. And I was like, okay. And the movie's over. And I was like, although the dance scene I really liked. So. Yes. <laughs> Great ending. Um, A way longer nude dance sequence than <laughs> I remembered from the first time. It probably, yeah, it probably lasted forever. <laughs> yeah. And it's important. It's an important plot point, like halfway through the movie when they're like nude sunbathing mm -hmm. that they're like, oh, Oliver. Yeah. Is, uh, Good for you, pretty, man. Is what one of us is, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that comes back into the <laughs> into the, the forefront by the end. Um, uh, it's weird. I've been on such a journey with this movie. I watched it. I was like, you know, it was kind of a blur. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to all these people about it and it got me rehyped for it. And every time <laughs> I talked to people about it, I was like, yeah, I, I had this mixed reaction to how um, pre-planned everything was. But then yeah. when you rewatch it, I'm like, okay, the movie is a hundred percent definitive that he was planning it out, which makes the fact that emotionally, that it doesn't seem genuine like mm -hmm. worse but <laughs> i still give the movie so much credit for kind of the intentional shock value i think we'll talk about four yeah. key scenes and which one <laughs> we find most shocking in a minute uh -huh. um, but i want to talk about the 2006 of it because <laughs> <laughs> this is set um uh, you know let me do the math uh 18 years in the past mm -hmm. um i kind of uh, was in my post-college, you know, formative, um, uh, early adult age at that point. I think me and Emerald um, uh, Fennell, gosh, what's her name? Um, make sure I don't get this wrong. Uh, Emerald Fennell, um, the writer-director mm -hmm. of this. She also did Promising Young Woman. She's 38, mm -hmm. October 1st, 1985. But the oh, references okay. are so like, <laughs> of a time that uh, I was kind of like, you know, just a formative time for me with like the 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 soundtrack with Block Party and Arcade Fire. Oh, the, the soundtrack was amazing. It, yeah, but it's, it's like it's it's. But like, it doesn't fit. Is that you're saying? Well, no, no. It's like it, this movie is set in 2006. Like crucially, it's a period piece, but it's yeah probably the most recent. <laughs> period that you can feel nostalgic for which mm. i mean was what i was thinking when i was watching it mm. um i don't know how did the 2006 elements work for you did you kind of I mean, like forget about them or did it feel like a different time i honestly kind of forgot about it until you just mentioned it i wasn't even thinking it was a different time yeah i was thinking I think like yeah. i was thinking like oh the music is older and i remember this from high school and into college and i was like oh man i love the soundtrack but it didn't it wasn't like I was back in like a garden state or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting because 
you don't usually like it's not unusual to hear MGMT in a in a, in right. a movie, but the fact that all the all the music and and mm-hmm. pop culture references are from like he's reading Harry Potter. Um, like oh, I fancy, didn't even notice. Yeah, Jake. We haven't even mentioned Jacob already. That's the other thing I need to ask you about. Um, you know who Thirst plays trap. Felix? <laughs> yeah, like um, we'll just move on from the 2006 stuff. But <laughs> how compelling and successful is Jacob already from your you know married, happily married female uh, viewpoint? Like, <laughs> it, uh, does his uh, physicality? you know he's do, yeah he's very, very attractive yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think he appeals to everyone <laughs> yeah. he's i mean he's tall he's fit he's charismatic but he's sensitive yeah he's like, six five yeah he's, he's really like, tall very tall um he towers over barry keogan's um oliver character yeah and yeah and they don't hide that which i think is funny because you're like wow he is very small and he is because he's only Oh, I don't know how tall he is. Um, I was just trying to think of the difference because it's just really shocking when you see it on screen. You're like, whoa. He's yeah, it's little. probably like eight inches or so. Um, yeah. Or more. I can't actually find it. It doesn't immediately pop up. That's weird. Oh, he's 5'8". He's 5'8". Yeah. 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 So we're... yeah. He's we're nine inches about... taller than him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're close. <laughs> um... <laughs> it's uh, the movie hinges on, you know, kind of like putting this uh, sex object and just object of uh, it. I, I like that. He's not, he, he is vapid and we don't really know what his interests are, but mm-hmm. again, we know like he forms a genuine connection with, with Oliver and seems like he's doing it for the, well, it seems genuine. <laughs> I don't know if he's doing it for the right reasons. He's probably doing it to feel better. Mm-hmm. about kind of his detachment from from humanity but he he just come he it, he just straddles the line between yeah. this kind of shallow um hot dude at college i think he's always putting he's putting on facade too i feel like he's just lying the whole time because he wants to like have him come home to his family and play and pretend he's like a good person yeah basically. but uh, it's definitely a facade, I guess. I just mean the uh, the outcome. At least he's pretending to be something good, like yeah. <laughs> like it, he's pretending his way to being a better person. Like, yeah. I don't know what what the end of the road is. The end of the road is he discards him, probably. So is it he... better to pretend to be a better person, knowing that in the end you're gonna hurt someone way worse than just not being a good person in the beginning? Good question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really have a choice here. Um, yeah <laughs> because he was he found the the perfect like um subject that was was gonna go along with anything or you know yeah. um not let him discard him but mm-hmm. yeah it was uh it's a it's a real it's a real journey i was never bored watching it i was kind of um the second time around equally equally drawn in and mm-hmm. had all these new things to to look forward to um, I forgot how quickly, like, some of the developments happen, like, like the bathwater. Um, yeah. One more thing before we get into that, <laughs> we do see signs. What did you think of Oliver's kind of like? He he. We do see signs early on that he's smart and mm-hmm. is. Uh, the second time I I had a little more 
respect for his um kind of like cleverness and the fact that he mm-hmm. was um calling out Farley early on in that tutoring session. Oh yeah. So he he did display some of the abilities needed to kind of pull off this kind of master plan. But I don't know. What did, did you? I also love the scene in the bathroom where Valencia is that her name? Yeah, she's an incredible actress. Yeah, Allison Oliver. Her yeah. name Oliver. Um, that scene was amazing. That was like probably my favorite scene in the whole movie of her just talking for like five minutes. I agree. Like she basically completely eviscerates him. It, yeah. It's this movie. You're not supposed to like Oliver by the end uh, or root for him. That's another reason it's interesting. And I wanted to point out that he's middle class. Like he basic, I mean, I don't know. Did you feel any sympathy for him? No. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, well, "Well, you're like, well, in a different version of the story, you would. Yeah. Well, for sure. But I feel like I did at the beginning. And then as soon as he went to meet his parents, I was like this fucking kid. Yeah. And then well, did was... you feel sympathy for Felix or Valencia? The kids, at mm. least? You mean Venetia? Venetia, yeah. Close. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not really. Like, yeah. I don't think I really cared for any of these characters. I mean, I they were good characters, but I just wasn't like rooting for any of them, really. In that respect, it reminded me of one of my favorite movies, Rules of Attraction. Like, yeah, I figured just, you would have a parallel to that. <laughs> yeah, very nihilistic. Like you're just spending um a lot of time with horrible, immature, kind of you know, yeah. um villainous people and it's entertaining, but you're not rooting for anyone. No. Um in this case, you would be rooting for Felix more if it was like a nightcrawler situation mm, where mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal is super ambitious and willing to go to any lengths and you're just kind of like or wolf of wall street or any kind of like anti-hero he's just pathetic though like he's not a good anti-hero which maybe makes it a more interesting original story Mm -hmm. because you aren't he's not a conventional anti-hero that you would want to root for yeah so i don't know I, i i think all of these complications probably are 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 good um Except for the the central one that we talked about at the front, um, the movie could have picked a little. Uh, it, it wanted to have it both ways. It wanted to mm-hmm. kind of like pull this shock ending off and then show you all the breadcrumbs that weren't there. I mean, right. that they just had to like re add into the. Well, um, I didn't want those. Breadcrumbs. Exactly, I, I don't think like, we even needed. Why? That. Yeah, you could be like, okay, he's a bad dude. He set this up somehow. Whatever. He's killing all the people so he can get the money. Got it. Well, the the other really obvious um, option was just he became opportunistic at some point. Like yeah. all this horrible things happen. I mean, maybe it would have maybe the the counter to that is it would have seemed too convenient and coincidental mm-hmm. that all these people just died on their own. Yeah. <laughs> but you but know, maybe it's like fall of the house of Usher. Like they yeah. just are a horrible family that right. Has- been cursed <laughs> and yeah and maybe he like would notice jacob from afar and be like wow this guy's kind of seems cool but i'm sure he's a shithead and he has lots of money let me make a way to like go to his house and see what's up and then all of a sudden felix doesn't like him anymore discards him and then he starts killing people yeah that's fine but. yeah I, th- I think even basically nothing everything could have been the same except for the little montage of showing him yeah, I know, with, the, like, with the bike 
and the the money and, and the money. And that stuff. Like, yeah. Because um, he did that, and I thought it was kind of, it just like seems silly. It took me like out of the movie. I was like, cool. Like, I don't, right. Yeah. But other than yeah, that, it's, it, it takes, it, it also like doesn't, it's handholdy. You know, it, uh, you don't mm -hmm. trust the audience to make those connect, you, to figure it it's out. It's like themselves murder at the or, end of the world. Yeah. Which, like, let me explain this to you again. You're like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely more. Well, we haven't mentioned, um, the dark comedy either heard some of it in the trailer like that was the other thing re-watching it some of the conversations between mm. the family are just just yeah <laughs> hilarious um and rosamund rewatch that rosamund pike is incredible they're all really good actors i mean the acting's like the yeah really good. the dialogue's really good there's Harry the one Mulligan. scene oh man yeah yeah she's doing a lot um there's the one scene where he goes out. Um, uh, Oliver's character goes out to like some kind of sunset um, toast early, and it's just um, Rosamund Pike's character. Yeah, and he's kind of manipulating her and telling her what she wants to hear, but her just kind of like lack, complete lack of self awareness, and yeah, lack of, like it's 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 pretty hilarious um and then it's when and like the i mean the dinner scenes are just incredible yeah like when the butler's trying to close the blind or whatever and there's like just it's just like so yeah it's really yeah, cool at the very yeah, end i mean after yeah. after felix just dies pouring the and wine glass and like the wine just spilling everywhere it's just like yeah. a disaster yeah i love i mean i love when it leans into the different extremity extre extremities well, <laughs> extremes oh. in tone but we will we will talk about extremities so why don't you run down the top four mm. most shocking scenes in no particular or in chronological order if you can and then we'll rank we'll do a quick um rank the blank okay i actually don't i haven't seen the movie in a few weeks so i don't remember the order okay so number one <laughs> The, fir the first one that happens is the bathtub scene. Why don't you describe okay, that? Okay, great. So Felix is taking a bath and Barry is, or sorry, Oliver is um, being a creep and watching him take his bath from a distance. The door cracked. Felix jerks off into the bathwater yep. and then leaves. Bathwater <laughs> drains out, but Ugh. oh gosh. But then Oliver comes in and licks the remnants. Yeah, they share a bathroom. So they, he's just, Felix is just casually uh oliver's casually brushing his teeth but like oh there's this ticking again once you know what's happening like i'm yeah. like watching the level of the bathtub to make like because you know he's thinking <laughs> like i gotta get some before it's gone yeah and so um felix finally leaves and he gets the very like you know the end of the bath water and then that, right that's up. not enough so he like has to Blech. actually lick around the the rim oh, of of the of the drain <laughs> and it's just uh, this giant um um what are those clawfoot tubs you have one yeah mm -hmm. um this Thanks. giant clawfoot tub <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're welcome in the middle of a huge like open bathroom like there's no yeah curtains it's just like a a, a, a ridiculous bathroom ridiculous everything like oh yeah one of, one of the funniest lines in the movie is when he's doing the the house tour and mm. he's like this is the green room. Henry VIII um, still has some of his spunk on the sheets. This is the blue room. It's blue. Yeah, <laughs> just I know. It's so like... And just moves on. Um, but, okay, so that's number one, bathwater. Uh -huh. Number two is um, 
Do we want to include Vampire's Kiss? No. Okay, we'll skip that it. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so number two then is um, grave digging, digging, Pumping. grave digging. digging. Yeah. <laughs> um, so describe this one. Um, Felix dies because of fucking <laughs> because of Oliver, and then everyone leaves the gravesite to go do that whole rock thing, and Oliver decides to lay down on the, Felix's new fresh grave and then whips his dick out and humps and has sex with it. Yeah. <laughs> and the rain's coming. Ankles. It's like romantic. <laughs> yeah. And he's like clenching his butt. Like he's, yeah, he's really, into it. yeah, doing it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just like, it's obviously a yeah, same day. Like all these scenes you're waiting. Like that's why I brought mm-hmm. up the, who is this for? If he's performing thing, because yeah, you're kind of you're really nervous that like someone's gonna see this right. going on. Um and you would think that someone would have seen it the whole time, the way it's but obviously I think I the no sister says I saw what you did, but I don't know if that's what she's referring to. Mm. Maybe um, it was the bathwater. Yeah. Um it might have just been like I've been watching all of these or <laughs> you murdered maneuvers. him or yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's grave dicking and number three. Um, these have a common theme here. <laughs> oh, is this his dance? This is the dance, yeah. So I, the know you, in... oh, I know this ahead. is happy a happy dance. Yeah, yeah. Go you can describe it. I was just gonna say this one is fun, but it's still it still could be shocking. Yeah. Um so at the very end of the movie, he kills the last remaining heir to the family's fortune, which is the mother. Um, and then he decides to get naked and just dance around the house for probably five minutes real time. <laughs> yeah, and this is um set to uh murder on the dance floor. Um I just <laughs> wanted to look that up to remind myself. Uh, oh yeah. It's uh, I, I should have timed it out. Like I knew that was how the movie ended when I was watching it the second time, but mm-hmm. I forgot how long it goes on. Like and it's mostly if not completely one shot, um, like kind of following him from behind, but plenty of opportunities to see him from the front and the side and um, no shortage of full frontal male nudity. No, um, he's just out and, there. And he's, he's, he's doing um, blow off the, the, <laughs> the dresser. <laughs> oh yeah. And then he's, he's having like, the best time of his life. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically just kind of like, king of the castle now and it's um it's a crazy way to end the movie but it's because just tonally because it's so (laughs) joyous yeah after all i mean this is right after we've seen him kill um roseman pike like Mm -hmm. basically take her home from the hospital and then and then um take out her breathing ventilators yeah yeah um after he he (laughs) presumably put her in that position in the first place um so yeah what's um which one's most shocking it's probably going to come down to the first two yeah i like the third one i i did it was shocking (laughs) in the sense of like what's going on but it was like entertaining it wasn't like oh this is disgusting (laughs) okay well which one's most nauseating Mm, the bathtub for sure yeah yeah that's like hands down because you're just like what does he what's he do oh what what? Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> the this grave is, is also like that, but it's not as cringy. 
No, I, I think what the movie has the guts to do repeatedly is like take it a little further than than you expect with all three of these examples. Yeah. Like the dance scene goes on a minute longer than I thought. Three minutes and has, longer. You know, 12 <laughs> minutes or 12 more, you know, shots of his, his uh, flopping member than I expected. Yeah. The grave yeah. scene like goes further with the clenching. Yeah. Um, and the actual kind of like. <laughs> It's always Humping. like, oh, oh, yep, yep, yeah. he's doing that. Yep, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the drain scene, and I would say that all of all the people I've talked to, this is the one that the 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 grave and the bathtub both come up, but this is the mm-hmm. one that people seem the most repulsed by. Um, yeah. It's just a a really disturbing visual. I mean, yeah. it's it's not like like having sex with a grave sounds bad, but it's the <laughs> yeah, how bad yeah, could it be? Sounds pretty bad. Sounds pretty bad. <laughs> but but like licking around it's the licking that got me this this yeah. this this last time. Like and licking like around the yeah, and like yeah, exactly. Like there's multiple scenes where he just kind of has to like tilt his his lips and and mm-hmm. press his lips against the the tub, like to get every last drop. And then the way it goes further again mm-hmm. is the the you know like sticking his tongue down the drain basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what okay. i saw i saw an um an interview with him and they were like yeah i have all like the scenes like which one were you like most like nervous to, to do out of all like the scenes yeah. in there and he's like he's like actually i really don't like to sing so the karaoke was the worst <laughs> oh god actually we that was the most cringy for sure <laughs> um but he was like yeah i hate singing so like that was like the hardest for me to do and like that i was like is this a bit <laughs> right <laughs> But maybe not. <laughs> That's um, funny. Good answer for for uh, him. Um, yeah, <laughs> that'd be my answer too. Honestly. Yeah, I hate. I oh man, super cringy. Um, but um, I uh, I was more um, scandalized by the bathtub for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Well, um, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to say about Saltburn before we go to the gift shop? Um. Oh, would you recommend this to someone? I had, I, I, I guess I haven't had to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's watching it. Uh, I, I, I would. I mean, I'd recommend it to pretty much anyone other than um, our, our, our friend parents. Meg's parents watched it and talked to them oh. about it. But I wouldn't oh. recommend it to our parents. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually told mom today not to. I was like, we we're discussing a movie today that you should not watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or listen to this podcast. If, if yeah, you... or listen to it at all. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, we should do it. We should do a warning at the very beginning. Mom, yeah. don't listen to this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Well, I'm torn because so my friend who you know, Molly, texted me and was like, "Hey, you should watch Saltburn," and that's all she said. I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a try." Watched it, and I was like, "I don't know if I would recommend it to anyone." I don't know because you feel responsible for kind yeah. of like like what the... if they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is because I've recommended like Infinity Pool, which is also sure. like." But that's a different different kind of messed up. This one's just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend it. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. That's probably safe. I, I think like this must have just found the sweet spot though of like entertaining, shocking, you know, mm-hmm. material because it has just this weird up- appeal that, that people keep checking it out. They seem entertained by it. And then they want to talk about the the yeah. craziness of it so for that reason I, I would but i also yeah. see why 
if if it was somebody who just was completely oblivious to any kind of like right um, uh, to the any kind of uh cultural impact of the movie and mm-hmm. you're just like you have to watch this and they had yeah. heard nothing about it that would like be, what <laughs> that would reflect on you in an interesting way yeah and i wonder <laughs> if this is going to change kind of like the game for other movies because now they're gonna be like well now we have to have like a shocking scene or two for it to take off for people to be like oh you have you know like, yeah. this movie i feel like everyone's watched not everyone but a lot of people watched it even though it's not your typical cup of tea so i don't know but yeah all I don't right recommend. well that's salt burn what uh what else do we have Oh, oh, great. So each week when we watch a movie or show, you take something from it and we sell it. And you know what we should sell, don't you? <laughs> bath water. That's what I was thinking. Like a vial of like drinkable bath water or something. Uh, who's who's going to volunteer? You have the clawfoot tub, so you already. Uh, <laughs> why, why, do I, why do I have to wait? What? Well, what do you think is going to sell more? I'm happy. I mean, I have a stand-up shower, so I'm not even equipped. Or No, I just meant like, oh, you just, I didn't ours. mean that. No. Oh, what did you mean? You're so gross. <laughs> no, I just meant like, you could do like a vial of like water and put like sugar in it, like sugar water or something. Wow, exciting. <laughs> okay, Drew. Well then you can do it. Okay. You can volunteer for as tribute. Gross. <laughs> I don't I still don't understand what you're suggesting, like like just like uh just, just like, water. Basically, but it's like in a cool vial. Like okay. a glass vial. And you put like sugar or something in it so it has oh, maybe you put okay, how about this? <laughs> That's what... How about because Elmer's glue, like egg white, an egg white. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's an egg white vial, and it's like a, it goes in your it's protein shakes. A shooter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Golly, something, something you can shoot right down. Okay, this podcast um, is not safe for work. <laughs> no, no. Um, all right. Well, you know the the subject matter demanded demanded it. <laughs> I have a strong preference. For what we watch next week, but I did okay. want to give you some input. Or <laughs> well, you. Okay. I wanted to let you choose, but I'm hoping I don't know. Oh, I don't know, I know if we're gonna be aligned choose. here. Okay. Well, you obviously want to watch Curb. <laughs> okay. Well, at least you correctly predicted what I want to watch. Um, Which is but... fine with me because I don't know what this I don't really care for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So it it's interesting. It's a Donald Glover um Who kind I of love, remake though. of the story, and it was originally uh uh, Phoebe Bridges, or um, what's her name? Oh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, Phoebe but Bridges she got recast. <laughs> yeah, if that's Bridgers. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridges. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she got recast or left the project or or something. So oh, I didn't um, know that. Well, so I might watch that in general. 10, Fifteen. Yeah. Why don't you let's do Curb because this yeah, is, that's fine. I, I, I've left off like a few. Have you watched any of Curb? No. Interesting. Uh, wait, maybe one episode a long time ago. Where are you at on Seinfeld? I like Seinfeld a lot. Okay, cool. Um, well, as long as you like that, I'm sure you'll like the humor and it definitely doesn't matter where you start. I want to say this is season 12, but it's the final Damn. season. So okay. 
Um, and I listened to a long interview with Larry David, and he said, absolutely, definitively, 100%, no more. <laughs> this will be the final season. He's like 80 years old. So I was like, gonna... how old is Larry David? <laughs> he's got to stop eventually. But... He could be president. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's 76. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm like three or four seasons behind, so I was excited. Not that it matters again. I won't probably catch up before I watch this completely but just want to dive back into curb um so it's a really uh a show that really aligns with my sense of humor so yeah no i'm excited to watch that um i have a movie we need to watch in september <laughs> oh good what is it beetlejuice yeah beetlejuice is it gonna be two or what's it gonna be called just beetlejuice i think it's beetlejuice beetlejuice I oh it's... like nice well it's Label Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, but yeah, it's just double Beetlejuice. Excellent. September 6th. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be cool. That reminded me to put on our exit music. Ooh, do I get to guess the names for it? I haven't changed it oh, for okay. a while. It's still. You should have um, done Murder on the Dance Floor. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, that's true. I, I should pick a more topical. Um, Option. We just talked about how great the soundtrack was. You didn't pick anything from the soundtrack for the podcast. Nope, did not. <laughs> great, uh, perfect. <laughs> well, this is supposed to be a seasonal, you know, kind of oh, ambient yeah, yeah, yeah. vibe, not a <laughs> uh, block party kind of. Um, Mom thinks we just watch horror movies, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, it's. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, just for Christmas and Halloween and sometimes yeah. in between. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few, but. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm will be a, a, a totally change of pace tonally from what we've been watching so that'll be fun yeah I'm excited alright well that's it for uh, this episode of New Release you can follow along for all the cool stuff to come by searching New Release Podcast in Apple or Spotify or any other podcast places Ashley uh, that's a bath water <laughs> make the sound of it going down the drain oh that's good thanks <laughs>